11.30 p.m., June 27. It's a Saturday night and my phone is going off. There is huge, huge news. Over the last three years, the Sheriff's Department has served over 50 search warrants in relation to this missing, missing person's case. Uh, obviously, as time goes by and as information is obtained and learned, uh, this changed from a missing person's case to uh, a homicide investigation. And now we know. Now we know. Jonathan and Audrey have not run away together. They're not living a new life to hide from the feds or the cartel or their parents or their friends. They're gone. Jonathan Darling Reynoso, 28, and Audrey Louise Moran, 26. Forever. I'm Samantha Cortese, a journalist at KTLA. I was born and raised in the Coachella Valley. I worked there as a journalist, developing sources for half a decade. Now I work in L.A., and in this podcast, we're going to look at what we know about what happened to Jonathan Reynoso and Audrey Moran. You'll follow me on this journey of finding out what happened to them. This is California Crime, The Disappearance of Jonathan and Audrey, Episode 4. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. We left off episode three talking about a huge dig in Coachella, the eastern Coachella Valley. Same general area where Jonathan and Audrey's phones last had cell service. People around town told me about heavy police presence on 4th Street in Coachella between Palm Avenue and Cesar Chavez Street. Friends texted me photos. Then it made the news. Heavy machinery and construction vehicles appeared to be digging in the yard of a home. A forklift carried out what appeared to be cement pallets from the yard. Sheriff's forensic vehicles were on the scene for a few days. A neighbor told KESQ he heard gunshots and saw two people getting arrested on February 5th. Remember that. Riverside County Sheriff's Department told KMIR NBC News Palm Springs, rumors are just that, rumors. They said there were no bodies found and the search warrant is sealed, so we can't see why it was served. They also said they were following up on a, quote, case, and there was no threat to the public. Well, now we know the case. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming uh, to the press conference today. Uh, as you've already heard, and you all know why we're here, uh, back in two 2017, the Indio Police Department and the Riverside County Sheriff's Department began an investigation into missing persons of Audrey Moran and Jonathan Reynoso. It's the news we all assumed, but no one wanted to admit. The night of Saturday, June 27th, police quietly published a news release. Three mugshots, three men, three people, they say, are responsible for Jonathan and Audrey's death. Investigators say Jonathan Reynoso and Audrey Moran were murdered. Here, I'm going to play the news conference. Here is Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco, and Riverside County District Attorney Mike Hestron. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming uh, to the press conference today. Uh, as you've already heard, and you all know why we're here, uh, back in two 2017, the Indio Police Department and the Riverside County Sheriff's Department began an investigation into missing persons of Audrey Moran and Jonathan Reynoso. The city of Indio uh, 
took a missing persons report of Audrey and Palm Desert Station, Palm Desert Sheriff Station took a missing persons report for Jonathan. Uh, several days went by and their vehicle was located in Beaumont. And since then we have uh, been actively uh, searching for both of them uh, to not only find their whereabouts, but if anything happened to them, what happened to them. Uh, over the last three years, this has been an unbelievably uh, cooperative relationship, working relationship with Indio Police Department, the Riverside County District Attorney's Office, and the Sheriff's Department, as we followed up on hundreds and hundreds of leads generated from not only inquiries that we were doing, but uh, reports that the, the press and the media were doing also about, about the missing couple. Uh, over the last three years, the Sheriff's Department has served over 50 search warrants, in relation to this missing, missing person's case, uh, obviously as time goes by and as inf information is obtained and learned, uh, this changed from a missing person's case to uh, a homicide investigation. Uh, as you're all aware, uh, over the weekend we announced the arrests of three individuals for the uh, murder of Jonathan and Aubrey, Audrey, I'm sorry, uh, Manuel Rios, 28 of Coachella, Abraham Fregoso, 32 years old of Indio, and Jesus Ruiz, 41 years, old, 41 years old. He was arrested in Stockton, but he has lived most of his life and he has ties here to the Coachella Valley in Coachella. Um, there were also, I'll, I'll wait for questions for that. Um, as I'm sure you're all aware, based on the questions that have been coming through us via email or text or whatever the case may be, uh, two of the individuals have been in custody for several months on unrelated charges, uh, but over the weekend, uh, charges were added to them to include the, the murders of both of our missing persons. And with that, if there are any questions, actually, before any questions, I would like to turn uh, the mic over to DA Hestron, and he will just update on the status of the charges. Thank you, Sheriff. My name is Mike Hestron, I'm Riverside County District Attorney. I just wanna uh, add to what Sheriff Bianco uh, just informed you. We, we at the District Attorney's Office, we did file uh, criminal charges. Um, the defendants are, as was mentioned, Abraham Fregoso, 32 years old, Manuel Rios, 28 years old, and Jesus Ruiz, 41 years old. Abraham Fregoso, we charged one count of Penal Code 187, which is murder. Um, we also added a special circumstance allegation for the killing of a witness. Uh, against Manuel Rios, we, count, we charged two counts of first-degree murder and also the special circumstance of killing of a witness. Jesus Rios, we charged two counts of PC 32, which is accessory to murder after the fact. So if uh, those are the charges, um, I'm willing to, more than happy to answer any questions about those charges if you have them. Any charges or any questions about uh, the, the details of the investigation, I'll, I'll defer to uh, Sheriff Bianco. Sheriff, I, I'm kind of roughly new to the case, but can you explain the charge with killing of a witness? Was one of the victims a witness or was this an independent? I, it would, no, it was, one of, it was one of the victims. Who would that be? Uh, we're not going to, we're, as, as we continue, obviously, uh, since we have made these arrests, we have uh, received more information about, the, about both of the killings. This is obviously going to be an ongoing investigation as we identify uh, possible other persons involved or persons with information. Uh, so 
Any details of, of the crime, we unfortunately will not be able to give you that. Okay, but it's safe to say that one of the victims, obviously, that has been murdered was a witness to the first murder? Correct. So, Sheriff, I have a question. Um, the, what, what, was the, what was believed to be the motive be behind the killings? And if one of them was a witness, does that mean one of them was alive for longer? Without going into detail, your question appears to be along the right lines of yes, uh, but I won't get into, into any specifics of it. Have you found them? Uh, we, have, we have found remains. Uh, we thought we would be able to get uh, DNA results back before the press conference. We have not done that. So right now we are still waiting on uh, the results of the DNA testing to confirm that it is them. However, uh, the investigation that led us to the remains uh, indicate that, that we did find them. When you say when and where you found them? Over the last several days. And about uh, approximately where, like what city or what county? Or I'm, I'm just going to say out here in the valley, but I won't get into specifics. A couple of the houses that were really busy with activity, the Burr House in Indio, Fourth Street in Coachella, and I know it was a big dig and a lot of pieces of, of uh, evidence were taken out of that. Were those related to this case? Yes, both of those locations were related. Sheriff, can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on the motive? What was the motive for them disappearing or kidnapped or I don't know how you want to phrase that, but... At, at this point, I'm not going to be able to talk about it because of the information we've got in the last couple of days. We're obviously ramping this up again. And, and I, I, I don't want that information out there other than the people that know. So how long after they went missing do you believe that, that they died, that they were killed? Uh, again, I can't get into specifics, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't long. Is it safe to say, Sheriff, they were kidnapped? In the, in the terms of kidnapping, probably not. Um, Just so I can get the story right, because, I mean, if they disappeared, they're not going to disappear without, you know, somebody taking them. So I just kind of want to get it straight, if, you know. Yeah. If there was a kidnapping involved, we would have charged with that. So there, there t technically, um, there was no, it wasn't like a random kidnapping and then something happened to them so in, in that sense of the word. So it's, it's a technical thing that, that, I, that I won't get into. Okay. So is it safe to say maybe that they knew each other? I mean, they were... They were all appointed? Yes. And obviously you're privy to a lot more information than, than we are. If just looking over at, at what you know, all of the evidence that, that you've been told by investigators, um, how, how brutal is this killing? Any killing would be brutal. Uh, but I, I, I guess what I will say is... Um, there are there are some some very there are people living among us that don't have the same moral values that the rest of us do. Um, this obviously was not a, a, a any killing is bad, but this was not this was not a particularly easy easy murder if there is one. This this was very bad. Can you tell us like uh, when the three suspects first you know fell on your radar regarding this case? Uh, from the beginning, this was a missing persons case. Obviously, we were trying to find anybody that had anything to do with them. So as we progressed through that investigation with search warrants, with uh, interviews, 
the, the same names or multiple names keep coming up, and then as you follow up with those and alibis and interviews, uh, it, the list dwindles down. Sure. Did any of the suspects you guys have detained at this point have any priors, maybe domestic violence, maybe uh, attempted murder, something like that, that might have led them into this? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think there's any crime that can say, oh, they did that crime, so they're going to kill a couple of people. No, there was nothing that, that led us to that, but they, they weren't upstanding citizens either. Okay, so they had some sort of criminal record? Can you elaborate yes. on what they had? No. no. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of rumors, speculation that came out initially throughout. Uh, one common one was that Jonathan was in Brawling before this, and people were wondering whether he actually was. Did you ever confirm if he was actually in Brawley the day of or the day before he died? That's, one, that's something I can't comment now. With the information that we have with this investigation going again actively, uh, that's something that, that I won't comment on. And how about, um, another question was, how did the SUV get to I-10 in Beaumont? Can you talk about that? No. Well, also a lot of rumors uh, swirled around drugs, money, um, are those along the lines of what you're finding? Uh, we, we found those same allegations in the, in the interviews that we did in the investigation that we led up to, but we're not, I, I can't say whether or not that any of that was involved with the murders. What exactly led to, the, to these arrests finally, and what made this case so difficult to finally get an arrest? This was, in the beginning, this is, this is two missing persons cases in two different jurisdictions uh, that, with basically nothing to go on. Uh, the, this, for all intents and purposes at the time, uh, was as close as you can get to an unsolvable homicide, as it turns out to be, but uh, when you only have a missing persons case, it makes it even that much more difficult. So the amount of effort, the amount of work that we put into this with the search warrants, with the interviews, hundreds of interviews, like I said, 50 search warrants served, written and served. Uh, this is an enormous investigation over that three-year time. I, while I have the camera, I want to um, not only express my unbelievable condolences to the family, but they were with us this entire time. Uh, I need to thank them for their patience as, as they worked with us through this uh, to get to this end. families how how are they doing as as you can imagine i'm sure that it may be good for a family to finally get closure knowing uh that it is over uh but obviously it can't be it can't be easy losing your child and when you said active investigation do you expect more people to be arrested in this case is there still are there still people out there you feel were involved there still are people that we need to talk to uh, that may, been, may have been involved or may, may have known after the fact. Uh, what I would like to do is encourage anyone with information about these uh, killings to contact us, our Central Homicide Bureau. Uh, it would probably be best for everyone if you contacted us and, and told us your story rather than wait for us to find you. Uh, and this is for... Uh, this will be the last question. So first off, are they going to be arraigned tomorrow? And two, um, have you, um, do they qualify for the death penalty? And do you know if they're going to pursue it? Uh, yes, they're going to be arraigned tomorrow. Um, they, they will qualify for the death penalty, for the death penalty based on the fact that we 
that we filed special circumstances. I, I don't know if uh, if we will seek the death penalty. That's a longer. I've got. That's a different uh, uh, sort of inquiry that we have to make in a decision, a longer decision that we have to look at all the evidence and make that decision independently of the of the filing. And how confident are you about these charges that, that these are the right suspects? Very confident. NBC Palm Springs reporter Kitty Alvarado asked, will there be more arrests? Soon after this news conference, there were, and not one, three more. Adeline Inez Castaneda, age 27 of Coachella, murder. Eric Rios, 31, Coachella, accessory to murder. And Aaron Bernal, 28, Indio, murder. Yes, Aaron Bernal, and now things are coming together. With such a tight-lipped community and investigation, many of us had not heard the names of the others, but Aaron, the ex-boyfriend, had been under a microscope from the start. If you recall, he reported his car vandalized, then stolen, before it was burned to a shell in the desert city of Thermal. I just think of Audrey, a sophomore in high school, 15 years old, puppy love, maybe Aaron was her first love, the high school boyfriend, sophomore, junior year. And then here we are nearly 15 years later and he's arrested for her murder. It's sick and sad and we haven't even begun to learn what happened to them that night in May of 2017. And a woman. I don't know why that still shocks me that a woman could do this to another woman. It feels like a betrayal. But who are we kidding? Like Sheriff Bianco said, it's not like we're dealing with upstanding citizens. Adeline Inez Castaneda has a one-year-old with Manuel Rios. Yes, the man arrested for murder. Remember the dig at the house in Coachella in February when a neighbor told KESQ he saw two people being arrested? That would be Adeline and Manny. People tell me he went by Manny, Manuel Rios. They were both in Riverside County custody since February 5th, 2020 for an unrelated narcotics investigation. You heard Colin Atagi at the news conference. He's an excellent journalist with the local paper, The Desert Sun, and we were often on the scene of breaking news together for the morning shift. Colin reports in detail. A safe inside Adeline and Manny's bedroom contained five pounds of cocaine, 446 grams of methamphetamine, and 26 grams of heroin. Investigators also found a loaded shotgun on a dresser, again with a one-year-old inside, more than $70,000 was found in another home linked to this couple. Authorities wrote Costaneda, quote, had full knowledge that Rio sold drugs and they have access to guns. The remains found in an undisclosed location of Riverside County were tested for DNA identification by the California Department of Justice, and the results were positive. The Riverside County Sheriff's Department said, it is with great sorrow to announce we have confirmed the human remains located have been positively identified as being those of Audrey Moran and Jonathan Reynoso. At the time of this recording, all six defendants have a July 13, 2021 court date. A preliminary hearing is set at the Riverside County Hall of Justice. At a preliminary hearing, prosecutors will present evidence to a judge and the judge will decide whether a trial is warranted. This is a few steps before the actual trial with a jury. Manny and Adeline also have a felony settlement conference for their drug and child endangerment charges. That's where the prosecution and defense attorneys tried to negotiate a resolution to the case in front of a judge. There could be a few of those. I'll update this podcast as the case begins to move through the court system. 
We're going to continue to reach out to the sheriff's department for updates, but now I'm told, quote, This investigation is still ongoing, and the public is still encouraged to call the tip line with any helpful leads. No further information is being released at this time. The photos on those missing flyers, the Facebook pages, the news, those are the only pictures these families will ever have. They'll never have a new photo of Jonathan or Audrey. Before Jonathan passed, one of his family members posted this video of him speaking at her wedding. He wasn't supposed to speak that day, but now this video means more to them than they ever could have known at the time. There are a lot of words that come to mind when I think about Nick and Alyssa's relationship, and one that really stands out to me is authentic. You can't copy it, you can't replicate it. This is true love, this is real love. I don't have any sisters, so Alyssa is the closest thing that I have. When she sent me a picture of her and Nick, I have to be honest, I wasn't having it. (laughs) I was eager to meet him, but I was very skeptical because I wanted to make sure that she was with someone that would take care of her, would protect her, would do her no harm. And as soon as I met Nick, he made me eat my words. He showed me how much of a man he was. He's an amazing older brother. He takes care of his family steps up when he needs to um so we all need to be very thankful that they invited us to be here because they've set the bar on what a relationship is supposed to be like mr bolaños told me during all of this don't feel stupid for not knowing or for going down a path that led nowhere it's the nature of the beast with investigations especially one where people are scared to speak or where they feel, I've already talked about this and it led nowhere for so long. Very little can be said or done to comfort those in pain. My faith has taught me that sometimes the best way to help is to lend a listening heart. 2020 was a year many of us will never forget. Sadness, fear, anxiety. Now compound that with this new revelation and you can't even begin to imagine the raw emotions Jonathan and Audrey's loved ones must have felt. I want them to know the door, or rather the microphone, is always open for them on this podcast. If I reached out to you in 2018 when I started poking around, that invitation is open-ended. My DMs are open, as the kids say. I've had a few messages and phone calls already. It's amazing what people will say they know off the record once someone's arrested. It makes me wonder, where were you in the days and months after May 10th, 2017? Those calls were off the record, unreportable. But lawyers say I can tell you this. If my sources are to be believed, the defendants in this case were no one to be messed with. I'm starting to understand why no one wants to go on the record about this case. Something tells me we won't really know what happened to Jonathan and Audrey until evidence is presented in court. And until then, we hope for justice and healing for Jonathan and Audrey's friends and family. This has been Episode 4 of California Crime, The Disappearance of Jonathan and Audrey, a KTLA podcast production. Hosted and produced by me, Samantha Cortese. Audio by KTLA podcast producer Bobby Gonzalez. Special thanks to my boss, Olson Ebright. If you know anything about Jonathan and Audrey's murder, please call the designated hotline, 760-393-3544. And I mentioned you can direct message me. You can find me on Instagram at KTLA Sam. 
When you call the hotline, you can choose to remain anonymous. Thanks for listening.